Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of contention. A hero is more than a sandwich. Welcome to Point of Contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. Coming up on the Athletic MBA Show's Point of Contention, we've got... Stan Van Gundy back in the mix. We've got player tier rankings. We've got new coaches in LA. And we've got a lot of comments about Daryl Morey. And of course, which superstar could be on their way out. It's Point of Contention right here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Zach Harper. I'm the host. Jade Hoy's the producer. And in this corner, the esteemed author, the Bay Area legend, Marcus Thompson. Marcus, in your estimation, who is the greatest NBA player to ever come from the Bay? Oh, man, that's super easy. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? That's like crazy easy. It's got to be. Um, hold on. man. this is a really easy question. <laughs> I know Google? the answer. It is. Um, uh, Jason who? Kidd? He's a Hall of Famer. It's got to be. Nah, it's got to be. Um, yeah. You feel me? Duh. What? Bill Russell. Oh, sure. Yeah. He's from there. Yeah, Bill Russell, oh, West Oakland's finest. West Oakland's finest, baby. But climate top. He went to Oakland. high school with Frank Robinson. Yeah, he wow. he's uh yeah, he he's 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 arguably the greatest player ever and he's from Oakland, so I I'd put him as the, at the top. What if I said greatest basketball player ever, Marcus? Not just oh. NBA player. Huh? Then 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 it's got to be me then at that point. Like, oh, I well I was thinking like Hook Mitchell, but all right, never mind. <laughs> we'll go to the other guy. In this corner, play breakdown video guru and former video coordinator for the Clippers, the Spurs, and I believe he was an assistant coach or some kind of staff on the Australian men's national team. Eight years he spent in the NBA, the one and only Mo Dakil. Mo, your most memorable moment in the eight years you worked in the league. Some of those stories can't be shared publicly, but the uh... – just beating the Memphis Grizzlies in game one after being down 28 or something like that going into the second half. That was probably the most memorable moment for me game-wise. Mo, your opinion. Donald Sterling, not that bad? Oh, yeah. right, we don't have time for the answer. Jay, start the clock. It's take one. Stand the man Van Gundy is back. Van Gundy agreed to a multi-year deal to become the next head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Former coach of the Heat, the Magic, and the Pistons will now team up with David Griffin and Zion Williamson to try and get this team back in the playoffs and hopefully more. Van Gundy has a 5.77 win percentage in his regular season. He's 48 and 43 in the playoffs. He led the Magic to the 2009 NBA Finals. So, Marcus, was Stan the right call for the Pelicans? Right? Man, how do you determine right? I guess we won't know if it's the right call until we see how it works out. But I I would say there was a, a, a realm of right options for them to choose, of good options for them to choose, and he was one of them. I, however, have my concerns about how this, uh, you know, blunt talking OG of a guy is going to work with this young roster of, you know, Generation mm. Z types. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can see it not working. 
but there's no question he's a good coach. There's no question he knows what he's doing. Uh, and if he, if he at all adjusts for, you know, the modern times and how players think and, you know, a little bit how, uh, they react emotionally, I think he'll be great, but that's not a guarantee. So I don't want to say it's right. And then this thing blows up and it's like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. So th- there weren't that many options though. So it was, Stan Van Gundy was among the best of them. Now, Mo, on one hand, Stan, very woke, as they say on the internet, but also in his 60s. So in terms of what Marcus is saying, I think it could go either way with him relating to these players. I I disagree with Marcus. I think this is the right guy for the right job. I think this is, you know, he'll get there. We see the way he tweets. He's, He's on Twitter now. He understands. He understands how the young people think there, Marcus. I think ultimately he's going to bring something that this team needs is, they need to get better defensively. I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to be able to talk to these guys. Besides Dwight Howard, I don't know many issues where he's had problems with players. And Dwight Howard was quite the head case of in his own right, especially in Orlando. But, you know, he was one of those guys that was innovative. He's the first one to go with, hey, we're going to play four guys out. You know, had Hidu Turkoglu, Rashard Lewis, all those guys spread out shooting threes and things like that. He doesn't get enough credit for adjusting and being innovative in the game. So I'm not too concerned about that. For me, I think this is the right hire for the the Pelicans. I think they hit it out of the park. I didn't like any of the other options. You're going to bring Mike D'Antoni in, so you're not going to play any defense. And it'll be fun to watch a lot of up and down, but we're not getting much out of that. I think, you know, with the options that are out there, I think he's the right guy. Yeah, th- there aren't that many options. And he's clearly a good coach. Like, he knows what he's doing. But really, this all boils down to Zion. And it sounds good on one end to be like, yeah, he's going to teach defense. He's going to coach defense. But not everybody wants to play defense. And not everybody reacts to how you do that. There's a way, there's a way you have to teach defense. And if you don't do it right, then it's not going to work. Period. That's the bottom line. No matter how great of a defensive coach you are, if you can't somehow get players to buy in. And I just wonder, Stan Van Gundy, who is a straight up OG, if he's going to have the wherewithal or the patience to deal with a dude who just ain't going to try on defense. Right. That's what I want to see. Well, Mo, Mo, let me, let me, let me ask you this about Zion. Is there a way to turn Zion? I know they're very different players, but to turn Zion in a similar role on both ends of the floor as what Dwight was back in the day, because obviously the defense is far from what Dwight was, but he is athletic. He is very versatile. He could make it work on some level. And he's got a Z carved into his head. Like that should be yeah, something, you right? You cannot go against that. I mean, the Z is pretty awesome. I mean, I have a, I'm going to have an M carved in the back of mine. Uh, but Zion, I think defensively, it's going to come down to, you know, his desire. Marcus is right in whether he wants to play defense or not. But I pose that as if he wants to be a great player and really hit the potential that everybody talks about him being that guy, he's got to play defense. And, you know, you got to trust a guy that can be able to get, I mean, Dwight Howard's already a de- was already a defensive phenomenon, but he understands where to put guys and things like that. I think this is not just about Zion. I think he's going to make Lonzo Ball a better defender, Brandon Ingram. He's going to hold those guys accountable, and that's going to make it easier for Zion to defend. And we already know what he's going to do on the offensive end. He's just going to kind of dominate. So for me, I just think he he has the the chance to improve everybody's defense, which in turn sort of lifts Zion's defense up and makes it easier for him. 
Marcus, so, being so, held accountable only works if they want to be held accountable. Facts. Uh, you know, you can. Then, you then, can then they'll players. suck. Yeah, then absolutely. they'll suck. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But that's 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 very viable. But Mo, can I warn you against something though? Can I like yeah. give you some advice about? You said you wanted to put an M in your head. Um, yeah. When I was in middle school. I was, you know, this this whole wave of carving stuff in your head was not invented by this generation. When I was in uh, middle school, it was a cool thing to do. So, uh, Zach, I got my initials carved into my head, and I thought oh, I no. was the coolest dude in the world. And, man, I got roasted so hard. Of course. Everybody <laughs> was coming around, walking around calling me empty-headed. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think this through. So, me, you, me, Marcus, before... Any decision in life with appearance, you have to come up with how can they roast me for this? Man, I was like twelve. You got no, to learn. That's you the to time learn. you're supposed nah, to know nah, the most. Nah, you learn. You know oh, that lesson no. because you learned it. You oh, know that no. lesson because you got roasted and you had to think about it. So that was my learning moment right there. After that, it's like, hold on, what are the what are the vulnerable points here? But I didn't think about it. Everybody <laughs> oh. had their initials and their name, and I was like, all right, I'm MT. And next thing you know, there's like, what's up, empty head? And I'm like, ah. Uh, uh, really and Marcus, didn't. by the way, you gotta you gotta try that out in the summer when there is no school, right? That's when you try it out. You see how the reaction is, and then if it works, you go into the school year with it. Man, what a rookie move! I mean, I'm surprised I, I, you're I so 12, wise. Was, like I was I'm 12 years old, yo. Whew, he's no longer he's no I, longer the best player from the Bay. I guess uh, no. I guess Zach was making these moves at seven, right? Figure out the <laughs> game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a vet, man. I knew, I knew what to do. All right. You see, uh, you see Billy Hoyle, you know, make fun of uh, of flight for having a big Z in his fro at that tournament. And white men can't jump. I'm you sorry, it just wasn't there. out yet. My bad. That wasn't right. out when I was twelve. All right. Well, you, you know, should have time traveled. Take two. Load under new management. Steve Ballmer, inventor of the Zoom, said we have the best coach in the NBA. About Tyler. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Ty Lue is officially introduced as a Clippers coach on Wednesday, tasked with fixing the chemistry issues in L.A. after they fizzled out in the bubble and choked on a 3-1 lead. Many wonder how Lue's going to address this load management of Kawhi Leonard that was allegedly a source of frustration for certain players. When asked if he plans to utilize load management with Kawhi, Ty said, um, It's something to have a talk to with the medical staff and with the performance team. Um, I really can't answer that question right now, but... So, Marcus... What would you do if you were Ty Lue in this situation? I would go to Steve Ballmer and I would say, hey, so you really believe I'm the best coach in the NBA, right? Yeah! That means what I say matters, right? Yeah! That means if I ask you for something, you would get it for me, right? That's why we're here today! Go get me a point guard now. (laughs) Woo! That's absolutely what I would do if I was Ty Lue. I want somebody to manage this team. I want a leader on the floor. I want somebody with the ball in their hands who can run the show. And most importantly, I want somebody in that locker room who can look Hawaii in his face and say, hey, man, I need more from you. Hey, I need you to be this. I need you to be that. I need somebody who's going to speak up. I need somebody who's going to be vocal. Like, that's what they need is a point guard. And if I'm Ty Lu, I'm going to get that. Steve, cut a check. Bring me somebody. Mo, um, you know, it's not that easy, right? If you're if you're Ty Lue, Kawhi's got the power. Kawhi makes more than you do. Yeah, I think this is one of those situations, though. You saw what happened when Kawhi ran the organization last year, second round flame out. You know, and you can debate whatever, Doc, and all that stuff. Kawhi 
made a lot of points to management load management and make sure he didn't play a lot. But even when he load manages, Zach, he's got to show up to the games. Like he's got to be there, right? And be around the guys and stuff like that. Marcus Look, man, that's a far drive from San Diego. Okay. That's you know, that takes a while. Hey that's a man, couple hours. listen, that's on him. If he wants to live in San Diego, <laughs> that's your commute. You gotta decide that. That's on you. But Marcus, the guy you're describing is available right now or is going to opt out of his contract, and that's Rajon Rondo. Absolutely. Everything you said is what Rajon Rondo would do for this team. You know, he'd come in there and he wouldn't put up with, you know, Kawhi Leonard's antics. He'd walk up to him saying like, yo, you got to, it's everything you said. I need more. He'll tell Paul George to shut up when he begins trying to go on a speech that nobody wants to hear. So I think, you know, for Ty Lula, the most important thing though, is getting the locker room under control, getting the pulse of it, making sure that he knows what the guys need and, and whatnot and figure out like, listen, so you sit down with Kawhi going like, you can't load management as much as you do. You can't sit out as many practices as you do. You got to be on the court and play. I'll work with you on that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll finagle your minutes, but you can't, you can't do what you did last year and think we're going to have a different result to win a championship. That's just not going to work. So for Ty Lue, the most important thing is getting Kawhi on board. So Marcus, um, what about Chris Paul? What, what about the bringing back of Chris that, Paul? Yeah. Uh, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> that, is, that, that door is closed. That door is closed, now, man. Now, if you want to say like Rayshon Rondo, as Mo mentioned, you know, maybe try to trade for Derrick I do, Rose. I do love the Rayshon. Is Rose that guy? I don't know. But I do, I I don't do know, love the But Rose the is the guy on the court to where he can break down and give them a lot of what they need. Like, they don't have a whole lot of playmaking, right? Well, he and doesn't so, pass. Rose doesn't. He gets tunnel vision, Zach. Like, I, everybody keeps saying Rose. I'm like, no, he's the scorer off the bench now to me. He's not a guy that's going to come in and, and get you insects. Like, that's just not what he does. Yeah, but then you don't rely so much on Lou Williams, who, by the way, not that good anymore. Oh, no. Got to improve. Got to get better. Just got to be able to do better than Rose, too. Right. <laughs> Right, but also, all right. Now, now we think that bringing Rayshon Rondo into a locker room with Paul George and Patrick Beverly is a good idea. Absolutely. What I, man? I, <laughs> I, absolutely. Is this a good idea for the Clippers or a good idea for the content? Oh, I was. I mean, either for us, either way, it's great. <laughs> this thing could be incredible or it could be disastrous. Either way, go. It would be incredible. It'd be great for the league. It'd be great for every. It's great for everybody except Ty Lue. But he's getting paid, so it will be good. No, I, actually, I I do think there was a bit of rehabilitation of Rondo, and I don't know if it like if he's walking in like yo, I'm the man now. Y'all forgot about me, you know what I'm Rondo. saying? Y'all forgot about Dre playing in the background, and he's like ready to be old Rondo. Or if somehow he is a mature guy, he is he is older and a bit wiser, and now and he's won another championship. And may, I don't know, I, I got a feeling watching Rondo that. It was a bit different. Like he wasn't the same Rondo. So I, I could just be a little Pollyannish about it, you know. But yeah, if he's if he's if he, if he, he more mature, there it's a little different. But but you know, it's like if Patrick Beverly has a problem with it, they can find new home for him. Absolutely, without, without question. Yeah, I mean, is Rondo it though? Like no. Chris Paul is not realistic. Like who else could it be? There's not a lot I, of options I, out there. I feel like you know, it, unless you're willing to go like. Not necessarily a great player, but like a DJ Augustine type guy, just somebody that can get us into yeah. a set. And 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 I don't even know if you need more than that. You know, like Goran Dragic is going to be too much money. I don't think they'll be able to get him. But just anybody that can get you in the set, that can bring the ball up to court and pass it to Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, would suffice. It's not 
Landry Shamit. It's not Patrick Beverly. And Lou Williams hasn't proven to do it either. So they need somebody. Oh, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can get um, the magic to give up DJ Augustine and, and get themselves out of 38 wins every year. That's going to be tough. That's a tough, to, tough conversation to have, you know. <laughs> That's tough. What about uh, the magic suck? All right. What about yes. Jeff Teague? Where is he? He's a little too. He's a little too focused on. Yeah, he's trying to get his buckets. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I, I, just kinda, right. I also want somebody who's gonna say, "Hey, this is not how we're gonna do things," and they won't look back and laugh like, "Dude, who is you?" Right? Like they need. They kind of need right. somebody who's got a little bit of moxie. But that's. But that's where that's got to be Ty's job. That's where Ty's got to come in. The, he made so many waves with with telling LeBron to shut the f up. You know, it's it's he's got to be willing to do it again here. I tell you, you know who they need. Here is the perfect guy. I don't know how they can get him, but you know who would be perfect for that locker room? Javon Carter. That's who they need. He'd fight them dudes. They're <laughs> not listening the to Javon Carter. <laughs> yes, they. They're well, not. They, they will after they fight. They will after the fight. <laughs> Just because, just because he's been bald since he was 19 years old, doesn't mean he's got that old soul that they're gonna. No, oh, that's exactly that's exactly what that means. What do you mean? That's All exactly right. what it means. He's gonna be playing vinyl albums in the locker room. That's the news you need to listen to. That's I'm an t- empty head suggestion right there. Take three, rank and overreact. The athletics NBA analytics guru. Seth Partnow has released his player rankings this week, the player tier rankings. They're not your usual rankings. That is just asking a bunch of random people who their favorite players are, but using a special methodology that looked at a whole bunch of different things. Jade, power up that supercomputer. Oh, man, you can hear it working right now. Life! Life, do you hear me? And there it is. Tier 2 is out. Here's the list. We've got Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic in 2A. Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid in 2B. And then 2C has Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. All right, maybe the supercomputer's not so super. Marcus! Is Anthony Davis really not a tier one player in the NBA after just winning his first NBA championship? Nah, I, I think this is right. I think two A is right. Um, after after his first two games when he was incredible with no Bam, you know there was a moment there where it was like, okay, Anthony Davis is here, right? This is the arrival of Anthony Davis, and then the next two three games he just. <laughs> He just disappeared. It was like, LeBron, save us. I mean, we were given this dude the MVP of the, the finals MVP. That was the conversation. And then he goes out and he gets like five rebounds in game three. And I do think Miami got life because he disappeared a bit. And and that's not that that for me is enough to keep him out of out of the, the top tier. That's enough for me to keep him right on the cusp because like you got to close the 37 year old man had to close the deal. And I do, I do think that's important. Mo, Gobert's not in this group, right? What do we like? I know analytics love him, and he's a really good defender and everything. But like, they don't trust him to catch a basketball. No, right? And and Seth's gonna kill me later when we do nerd or she wrote. But yeah, he's he's not there. He's for me. If you're gonna be in tier two, Zach, you got to be a guy that I could say I'm gonna put you on this team, and we're making the playoffs. We may not win. 
in the playoffs, but we're going to at least get to the playoffs. If you put him on a team like Charlotte, they're still Charlotte. They're not going anywhere, right? Like he's really solid defensively, can take you up another notch defensively, but you can't throw it to him in the post. I don't think I've ever seen him really make a post move. You know, it's it, all of these things on the offensive end, just a lot of issues there. I, 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 I don't buy him as a guy. You know, everybody you named on that list, if you put them on pretty much any team in the NBA, they'll at least get you to the first round of the playoffs. Everybody but Gobert. And that's why I don't think he's a tier two guy. You uh, can't be awkward. in tier two if you can be played off the court. Well, you can't be it's in a tier two. awkward to say, put these guys on any team, we'll get you to the playoffs. Uh, after, the, after Anthony Davis, you know, kind of struggled to get the Pelicans to the playoffs. Got most of they, made it. Got they, made it, they made it. They made it. They made it. They actually won a first round game. I no, they 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 made it. They won they the first did. round series. They swept Portland. Well, yeah, because because Drew Holiday like ate the lunch of Damian Lillard oh. for four games. You mean okay. of CJ McCollum? You don't eat the well, lunch of a bo- dude both from Oakland. Lunches. You don't eat he was hungry. Dude. You don't eat the lunch oh. of a dude from Oakland. But listen, oh. he made it. He got them there. Nah, he made it. Himself <laughs> afraid, uh, in front of Dame on that uh, Oakland's greatest. Bay Area, you know, basketball player. It's, a, it's actually a guy named uh, uh, Michael Franklin who uh, re, who passed not that long. It's the best player I've ever seen come out of Oakland. Of course, I've seen like maybe 5% of players. So what does that sure. mean? But he's the best right. player I've ever seen. But Gobert can be played off the court, dude. What are we talking about? They literally, um, you literally can get him off the court. And you can't be in tier two if your coach is like, I don't care what the other team is doing. We need you on the court. I, I just, that for me disqualifies him. He's a top of tier three for me. It's it's that simple for all the reasons I laid into it. And Marcus is right. If you got to, if you can play him off the court, it's that's an issue. So in, in terms of, uh, in terms of anyone who maybe should be a little bit higher, you know, Luca's not in that tier one. Jokic not in that tier one. Dame, Jimmy, and Bead. Like, are we are we uh, well, putting well, them a little too low? Should they be up there? Can we talk about who's not in tier two? By the way, who's that? Clay Thompson. What what, what universe is Clay Thompson not in in tier three and not in tier two? I don't know. Is it the universe where he doesn't have a knee anymore? Maybe that's what, it's what gotta it was. Be, it's got to be the ACL, right? No, no, no. It, it's 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 a proper ranking. That's where Clay belongs in. Clay belongs tier. underneath. You're not putting you, you're not putting him on a situation where again back to can he just alone carry you to the playoffs? I don't buy that he can. He's better than Reggie Miller, and they built a team around Reggie Miller. I I don't know how we can say we Clay can't carry a team to the playoffs like we, just because we haven't I, seen it. I mean, you got. I mean, here's I've here's what we know. T- we've never seen it. Me carry a team to the playoffs doesn't know, mean right? it's gonna happen. I mean, like, what? I don't know, Mo. I believe in going. you. I don't know. I believe in you. I think you could probably don't. get the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> to the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. But look, we do have evidence. 20, 2015, and twenty sixteen playoffs. Steph gets hurt. Clay carries them past Houston uh, in the first round. There you go. He won a playoff series. Mm. That was that was Clay. How about that. That was yeah. Clay. No, it, it, pump it's the brakes, face, Mo. <laughs> no, pump the brakes here, Marcus. I'm not here for the Golden State. Uh, uh, um, I don't even know the phrase I'm looking for now. Propaganda. There we go. I'm not here for all of that. Listen, I love Clay. He's appropriately rated. I don't think he's uh, a guy, again, just because he wins one playoff series against a Rockets team that was pretty shaky at that point. They still weren't the Houston Rockets that pushed this team to seven. 
year or two later. And that's not the standard. You just said you got to be able to take them to the playoffs if you can beat the Rockets in a series. <laughs> but he didn't. But he didn't take them there. He, they got there based on Curry. When did when did he miss? I, I don't I know. Think, I think if you're winning sixty to seventy three games every year, like yeah, you probably have a big chunk of that. Listen, I hey fellas. We're going to have to agree to disagree. So, I think so, he belongs so, in tier three. Uh, Could be higher in tier three, but I don't think he's necessarily a tier two guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very happy replacing Clay Thompson with Rudy Gobert. Easy. Easy. All right, guys. Take four. James Harden changed my life. Former Rockets GM Daryl Moore took out a full-color, autographed, signed, full-page advertisement in the Houston Chronicle this past weekend to thank the many people who helped him during the 13 seasons with the team and also James Harden. This is what Moore wrote. An entire page could be dedicated just to James. Actually, Jade, give me some like nice music here, all right? So it's just a little like, nice underbed here because I want this to really feel, okay? An entire page could be dedicated just to James. He not only transformed my life, but also revolutionized the game of basketball and continues to do so like almost no one has before. That's a takedown by James. He just laid on Michael Carter-Williams. The game is played differently because of James. DeRozan. That's not an oh, offensive foul. That is not an offensive foul. And on every playground in the world, the next generation of talent is studying and imitating his game. Can't see nothing. <laughs> Whooped out. Barely can see. Barely can see. That's good. Barely can see. Yeah. Mo, um, we're trying to get that job back already. What's going on here? That's weird too, considering he uh, quote unquote resigned. You know that he he all suddenly <laughs> now he he got a look at his life and was like, uh, maybe I want to come back. Um, I, he's you know just trying to be nice and 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 leave on a good note. But I have a lot of problems with what he wrote. Starting with, do we want the next generation to really imitate James Harden's talent? Like, there's wow. so much of a uh, wow. This is one of the greatest offensive weapons we've ever seen, Mo. Yeah, but it's like not necessarily as I love it, but it's still I can understand people getting frustrated watching. Look him at Mo with flopping. the Mark Jackson and Steph Curry's bath for basketball take. I'm here for it. Let's go, Mo. Let's go, Mo. Well, but that's the thing though. Like Steph Mo Curry Jackson. Steph Curry revolutionized basketball. I don't know if I'm necessarily gonna give that same credit to James Harden. You know, I think that's just the way I kind of look at it with all the stuff Maury's saying. It's it's you know what that is? That's Houston Rockets propaganda, you know, and, and the way Harden plays it's like I wish he did play more like Curry and moved around more and things like that. Watch him when he gives up the ball and just stand at half court. Do we really want kids imitating that? I mean, he's already back on defense, Mo. That's pretty good. You know, no, he's not because he didn't even get into the other line. That's the more impressive thing. He still doesn't get back on transition defense, and he's the closest to the other team's basket. Mar- Marcus, um, also in this was it was Maury thanking the Fertitta family for their unwavering support. Uh, do I not know what unwavering means? Clearly, right? <laughs> like, I mean, go Google it, dude. Like, come on. Unwavering means I kind of don't want you here. Like, <laughs> duh. It's probably an urban dictionary, though. You got to look it up. But, uh, you know what? Here's why I'm, here's why I'm cool with this. Is it propaganda? Of course, it's an ad in the newspaper, right? Like, all right. But, 
I, I think it's incredible that he recognizes like how he how he's rich and how he's eating and how he's <laughs> a pioneer in the game and how he would be remembered. It's because of James Harden. Like whether or not James Harden is worthy of the accolades that you know will you know will vault him, whatever. I, I understand all of the issues with James Harden, but no matter what, he put all his eggs in the James Harden basket, and it worked. And we will go down in history remembering Daryl Morey as this analytics guru. And the real reason is, it's because James Harden had handles that could shoot. Like, that's why it works. And I'm glad he recognized that. I'm glad he decided to to give James Harden that due on that stage because that's exactly what it is. And, you know, if you put 58 other players in that spot, you won't find another player who he could bank his whole analytics movement on. And he found one. What if he traded for Russell Westbrook? Would Daryl Morey be Daryl Morey? I don't think so. It's because of James Harden. And I'm he glad he recognized Westbrook. Eventually, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> well, let me ask you that, that was the demise, probably. Yeah. Is, is if James Harden got traded, if this was the other way around, would he take a full page ad talking about how Daryl Morey changed his life? Absolutely not. <laughs> he, he should, you know what he might say? He might say he might say that uh, he might say I have unwavering support for Daryl Morey. That's what he might say. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that one would actually ring true on that. You don't think he? You don't? You you think uh, he should credit Daryl Morey for changing his life? I, I don't know if changing his life, but building a team around it in a scenario of saying, "Hey, we're going to put this team to maximize your abilities and go all out and go into this super isolation style." I mean, he continued to try to get guys. I mean, down the line, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul. I mean, all the way to Russell Westbrook. Like he kept trying like it wasn't a case of that like i felt like he had his back on all these things and built a team that allowed him to be a 15-time runner-up for the mvp and win it once man he even tried to get him more mvps yeah i mean he was there he he is he was showing unwavering support for daryl morey is james Harden's farnsworth bentley and you gotta appreciate your farnsworth bentley's we will know it's real if next season daryl morey is still advocating for a james harden mvp that's when we'll know it's real. He Until might not then. have the inside stats. That's true. He might not. <laughs> Speaking Sorry. of the inside information, take five. Survey says the Athletic released the 2020 agent survey, and it featured a lot of interesting nuggets. Damn. Not those nuggets, Jared Smith. Agents around the league were asked an assortment of questions. Bubble life, winners and losers in Orlando, teams that need to make a move, and also which high-profile player will likely get moved this offseason. The most votes went to Chris Paul, and then Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, Blake Griffin, and Kawhi Leonard. That's right. One agent wrote, I heard the Clippers are going to break that roster up. Mo, of the list of players, who do you see the most likely to be moved? And is it Kawhi Leonard? It is not Kawhi Leonard. I don't know what that agent's plan is. This is the funny thing. When you survey agents, I'm curious what their their secret agenda behind everything is. What? Is going an agent on with an agenda? No way. Uh, no, shocking. All they do is show unwavering support. And I just feel like, you know, the guys that are gonna get moved, I think Chris Paul, I, I don't think anybody would be shocked by that. Uh I kind of think Blake Griffin might get moved. I think there's definitely a possibility there, but it's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers are going to make changes, but it ain't going to be Kawhi Leonard and probably won't be Paul George either. Is is Chris Paul the easiest answer here? 
Uh, we we all know yes. he's not staying in Oklahoma City. Uh, the one that's I do think Victor Oladipo is is done in Indiana, and I, but the sexiest one is probably Bradley Beal, though. I mean, this mm-hmm. feels like it's been building, right? It feels like you know, it feels like he's been trying to get free for a while. Uh, so I do think Chris Paul is the more likely one, but Bradley Beal is the one that I want to see, and perhaps maybe the one that changes the, the dynamic of the league the most. I, I agree with Mo. Like, there's. How do you? You can't trade. You can't trade Kawhi for. Plus, who take him? You have one year left. Like, what would you even I, do well, that? Masai Ujiri. Um, I so think... he can opt out and go back to San Diego. Anyway, <laughs> you might get another title. There should be a team trying to move to San Diego, though. That Actually. should be the goal right there. That's <laughs> how you get Kawhi, keep Kawhi, and make him happy. But I want to push on on Marcus's Bradley Beal thing. The Wizards have no reason to trade him. They have him locked up for a long-term deal. Like, you know, I know we've seen guys move him and stuff like that, but I just don't think the, there's really any momentum where somebody's going to do it. I think all of it's coming from us in the media, pushing it, you know, and, and trying uh, to make it happen. I don't I know. I don't agree with that. I you don't, don't, think, you don't think any of it's I, coming from Bradley Beal? <laughs> I, think, I think a good chunk of it has come from Bradley Beal's He's stuck. He signed this there. massive contract, five-year deal. Like he's Yeah, he guaranteed himself like, some money. When, no, when, and I'm right not mad at him. But you know what? It's not an easy trade because the Wizards aren't going to look at it going like, all right, we're just going to give up on him. They're going to hold on to him for a while. Let's see. They're going to want to see Indeed. what it looks like with John Wall, at least see what John Wall looks like when they, when he's healthy and, and, and ready to roll. Well, now, hold on a, did it, a minute. Did, like, was did John it, Wall playing spades with Bill, do you think? <laughs> no, no, that was, that was not. No, no, no. Then I have hope. If that was Bradley Beal who's playing space with, then I have hope. But Bertans, maybe not Bradley Beal on camera. Um, <laughs> didn't Paul George sign a massive deal and then a year later say, "Oh yeah, you, I'd like to be traded"? That's not like I don't. I don't think the the con- I think the contract actually makes it easier to trade Bradley Beal because it's not the one year rental. It and makes also, it's set, it's set price. They can yeah. recoup every. They can recoup stuff. They can get more for it. But I don't think there's. That's if they have the urgency to do it. I just don't think the Wizards have that urgency. These other teams, all these guys, like look, Chris Paul did a farewell video leaving the bubble to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, if that wasn't a signal of like, yeah, I, I want out. There isn't more shocking. Than I mean, that, you know, now as someone who once recorded many videos that was of pretty different legendary. possibilities. For uh, for the you know where Cole, where Kevin Durant might might sign years ago uh, for a company that is not this one and will not be named but you can figure it out um, and then had the wrong one published on a major platform uh, you know it's possible Chris Paul recorded a bunch of videos and then just the wrong one got published I don't know man that felt like uh, that felt like Richie's message to his wife in uh, in Harlem Nights <laughs> Hey darling put mommy on the phone. Yeah, Barbara, it's Richie. Yeah, look it, I ain't never coming home no more. Take it easy. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, by the way, weird to get hours of people calling you and texting you saying, how do you know that Kevin Durant's going to the Celtics? <laughs> that is, that's phenomenal. Right, that is pretty phenomenal, huh? <laughs> and then being told, we've got to come up with something before you can say anything publicly. Just say you published the wrong one on accident. Yeah, hey, yo, That's baby, this hard. is Richie. I ain't never coming home. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, Barbara, it's Richie. Yeah, look, it, I ain't never coming home no more. Take it easy. All right. Let's get to the end. Marcus, I'm assuming you have a rant ready and able because you know that every week at this time we come to you for a rant. Or you can buy yourself some time and put it on Mo. Uh, I'm not buying myself time. I am granting the guests 
the 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 privilege of going first mo you are you are a guest on point of contention and because of that you eat first okay well besides that whole load of crap that marcus just shifted my way for not having a rant ready i do actually have a rant zach i am very tired of hearing people when we're evaluating players saying this guy wants to be great he has a will to be great and all of this stuff i just have a question how many guys do we know that are just walk around going like i want to be average i want to suck you know i'm tired of this as an evaluation point you know all these guys especially in the draft all of them want to be great you know it's, it's it's nice it's cute it sounds nice it's just as nice as like when i offer somebody my cookie i don't really want them to take my cookie i want to have my cookie i'm just doing it because it sounds nice it's a nice cliche that we put out there but can we just put it to rest because i'm just tired of it everybody wants to be great like that's kind of the point marcus i'm sure you have some time that has been purchased now what nah, do you got? I, I do have a rant i had a rant the whole time come on man uh no, sure. no for real uh so the athletic ran uh on the very survey we talked about it included a quote from an agent who essentially said the nba was crazy for allowing the players to handle their, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and their protests and uh, and blame the, uh, the tanking ratings on that. This is a total 180 in terms of branding and the yeah. way the NBA has presented itself. And a lot of people are just disconcerted by it. We used an analogy today on our kick. You know, the way proclamations work in this country, the minute you say them anywhere, you're going to use this as a headline. Cuban says this, this, this. What's then wrong with that headline? Cuban condemns And man, I'm just, I'm just very tired of it. Um, it's, it's, it's getting to the point where. I tend to let people have their opinions, Mo. Like, go ahead, fire it off. It's all good. It's all just opinions. But at some point, somebody's got to be held accountable. And this rehashed talking point that somehow the player's stance on race relations is a problem just needs to be addressed. You know, so you have an agent blaming the league for falling for it. Like they were duped by some kind of stunt. And in the same breath saying the players aren't smart enough to even know what they're doing. So listen, the problem that I have is, look, let's assume that this argument is right. I don't believe it is. There there are other studies that say it's not. But let's just give you that. Let's grant you that the protests and the conversation about race and how black people are treated and the overt activism is a problem for the league because it rubs fans the wrong way. Let's grant that. My issue, right, is... How come nobody who uh, who agrees with this point is even asking, why is this such a turnoff to fans? Is any of them going to ever have the courage to bring up what might be actually the root cause of the problem? Instead, they're saying, hey, man, don't rub the fans the wrong way. How about ask the fans why they're being rubbed the wrong way? So look, since you ain't going to say it, I will say it. If you are turned off because players care and are speaking out about race, you're the problem. If you can't compartmentalize the game and the noise surrounding it, you're the problem. If you're using sports as some kind of like total recall experience where the entire production has to be about you and cater to every sensibility of you, you're the problem. If you still, still can't differentiate between the concept of Black Lives Matter and the organization Black Lives Matter, you're the problem. You're the problem. If your response is to complain 
about people who are hurting, people who are feeling compelled to be a voice, people who actually back up their speeches with action and are doing things and have a history of doing so, you're the problem. And I'm not even saying this thing they do is perfect, right? I'm not even saying how they address it is the most ideal. Believe it or not, there are some black people who think it's a bit over the top, a little bit corny sometimes, yes. But you know what we understand? That it's not out of thin air that they're bringing this up. It's not based on nothing. And the reason that they're doing this is far greater than the inconvenience it might cause. It is ridiculous to constantly pander to this possibly straw man audience that somehow can't tolerate anytime black people have dialogue or issues to address. That anytime a black athlete does anything besides play, somehow they're offended. I don't even know if this audience actually exists. I don't know, but I know if you think this now, you have some forefathers you're connected with. Right, Because the same audience was saying the league was too black in Bill Russell's day. The same audience was saying the league was too playground and flamboyant in Dr. J's day. The same audience was saying the league was full of too many druggies in Magic's day. The same audience was saying there was too much style over substance in Jordan's day. The same audience was saying there was too hip-hop in Iverson's day. And now LeBron's day is too political. political. You are the problem. They literally airbrushed the tattoos off of Iverson because of this stuff. We still doing this? We're still doing this. We're still pandering to a crowd that literally has a problem with black athletes existing. Like, it's not like we haven't been through this before. Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, like name them, Althea Gibson. And it's not even just black. Athletes across the globe use sports to champion movements. It's not, it's not, it's not a black American thing. This is an athlete thing. And all of a sudden, it's a problem again. Well, the white people have been taking us for rides for the past 400 years in America. Well, the biggest for rides, man. I've been the one that was taking us for rides. Still taking my people to ride with white people. Tell me, Captain, who have been prepared to go into the army if you can't be there? So, whoever you are, agent, who ain't got the heart to put your name on it, you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. Mo, uh, you want to complain about what they say in the draft a little bit more? Actually, we're out of time. Sorry, Mo, can't give you any more time on the subject. Marcus wins the point of contention battle. I don't even know if there are winners and losers at this point, but he definitely won because of that rant. Nice try, Mo, but uh, better luck next time. That's going to do it for the Athletic NBA Show's point of contention. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, five stars, all that good stuff. Follow on the app if you're subscribed to The Athletic. You can get notifications for new episodes. You can use the comment section to let us know and let Marcus know what a great job he's doing. Or if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, what the hell's wrong with you? Subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com, subscribe, and make sure you get a great deal on the best sports coverage on the internet. For Marcus Thompson, for Mo Docu, for Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on The Athletic.
Ali. Like, name them. Althea Gibson. And it's not even just black. Athletes across the globe use sports to champion movement. It's not, it's, not, it's not a black American thing. This is an athlete thing. And all of a sudden, it's a problem again. So whoever you are, Asian, who ain't got the heart to put your name on it, Brother Derek Jackson, you're the problem.